please, if you don't mind. And I'd like for you to open them to Matthew 16. Matthew chapter 16. Glory be to God. If you take that back, brother. Come. Thank you. Glory to God. Are you there? Well, you need to get there quick. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Matthew chapter 16. And I want you to begin reading with me, if you would, in verse 13. When Jesus, and Father, we thank you. Let's just believe God right here, right now. Hallelujah. Because he's already done some great things in the room. The Lord of glory is in the room. And we just thank him for all the things that we have in this name. Wow. Glory to God. I'm asking you to grant us eyes to see and ears to hear, hearts to perceive an impartation that supernaturally is going to accelerate us to a high place of operation in the administration of the kingdom. Jesus' name, that we may walk in the fullness of your plan. We have meat to eat the world knows not of to do to, to the will of God that sent us and to finish his work. And we have the provision to get it done. And we thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, Matthew chapter 16, and we'll start reading in verse 13. When Jesus came to the coasts of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, some say, you're John the Baptist, some Elias, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but whom say ye? It's a new way of fishing. But whom say ye that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ. Glory be to God. The son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, you know, sometimes Jesus won't talk to you until you say something. Amen. He didn't talk to the rest of those boys with what they said. (laughs) That's a whole other study. Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. So this is heavenly revelation. This revelation came out of heaven, which means it didn't come through our five physical senses or sensory perception or even natural study. Are you with me now? So we're talking about revelation knowledge. My Father which is heaven, I say also to thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, upon this rock, Upon this rock, I will build my church. Glory be to God. Oh, I love it. Praise the Lord. And notice what else he says. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Glory be to God. And I will give unto thee the keys I will give unto thee the keys 
I will give unto thee the keys. Yes. Who has the keys? Now, if I'd asked that before I read this, you'd say, oh, Jesus has the keys. So I ask you again, who has the keys? The church has the keys. Glory be to God. That's why the church is so anemic. They're waiting on Jesus to use them. That's why the church is so defeated. They don't have the revelation necessary. There's a revelation that if when you get it, will make you like a rock. Against the powers of hell, you're immovable. And it is the fact that, well, let me just say this way also, the church is a key. Why do you think the enemy wants to do... Every possible thing he can to disassociate you from the church. Because this is his damn eyes. This is, this is the one thing he has no hope against. Now, he gets you out there by yourself. He gets you going conform to the world. He gets you trying to make your way. Uh, you're done for. Because he's got a 6,000-year head start on you. But not here. Not here. No, no. And, and this, is, this is what Jesus is saying. This is what I'm building. Something that hell has no power over. Amen. Right? Amen. And we're not talking about a 501c3 organization. And we're not even talking about a brick and mortar building. Amen. And I want to get through this very quickly here because I have something specific I want to point out today that the Lord visited me with this morning. Um, and so, but I'm going to start here to make sure we understand kind of the context of how what you're going to hear Go, is, is going to be, so I want to talk to you about the agent of change. We talked about climbing the mountain of change and all kinds of things. This change coming, not being conformed to the world and proving that good and acceptable will of God at coming into the will of God and coming into manifestation. We talked about all of that, the open heaven this year, what it brings. But I want to talk to you today about the master key of change. The absolute, there's one, okay, there's a lot of keys, but I'm, today I want to talk to you about the master key that opens the door to all change. And it is supernatural, and it is from another world, and we have the key. But most people don't know they have the key because they have so little revelation of it. But we gotta, we got to deal with this foundation here before I get to the key, okay? But here's what I want to point out to you for a second here. He says here, very clearly, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And also, notice the next verse, I say to thee, you are Peter. I will give unto these the kingdom of heaven. Notice this. I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth. So now we know we're talking about the church in the earth. Because part of the church is in heaven. I don't have time to teach you about that, but the book of Hebrews says part of the church is in heaven. But the part of the church that's in the earth is the key to stopping the devil. And whatsoever shall bind on earth shall be bound in the heavens, and whatever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in the heavenlies. The major reason we're not seeing more breakthrough is because we're waiting on God to do something. 
and we're the ones with the authority. If we don't bind it, it won't get bound. If we don't loose it, it won't get loosed in the earth. Because he is building his church. And so what we, what we see here is this idea that all this really means is, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. So all this actually really means is that I accept Jesus as my Lord, I get born again, and the gates of hell will never prevail against me, which means even though this physical body is going to die, I get to go to heaven and the devil can't take me to hell. That means way more than that. Way more than that. This is a revelation. And, it's the, and there's more than one revelation here that's the key to the rock. And the thing is, we think thou art the Christ. Well, notice he didn't say you're Jesus. I already knew that. It's a revelation of what's anointed. Come on now. You've got to attach, you've got to see the anointing. Yeah. And recognize it in order to attach to it on purpose. And the anointing is what breaks that thing. Thou art the Christ. You're the Son of God. You're the Son of the living God. You're the anointed Son of God. Are you hearing me? It's a blessed are you, Simon Barjona. You got a revelation. And flesh and blood didn't show you this. You know what I am to you. Because you say, who do men say that I am? Who do you say that I am? You recognize what I am to you. Bam! A transference then happens to walk in that same anointing by partnership and carry the same authority by partnership as the one you're connected to that's anointed. Which is why when you get familiar and let the enemy get you discouraged and get you to treat it common and then you have opinions about the way you do things, you lose all traction of the reason for the supernatural world. And he experienced that in his hometown. He wasn't any less anointed in Nazareth than he was in Capernaum. But he couldn't get any traction there. He couldn't get anything done in Nazareth. Why? Because they didn't see the anointing. They functioned based upon the person. Boy, it sure is getting quiet in here. The church is going to have to see who we are and what we have. Amen. And the way it works. Because we readily accept that it works this way with Jesus. Well, I'm, I'm past this. This isn't a partnership meeting. But you need to understand that the Holy Ghost has obviously been speaking to this today. Because he said, I'm creating a world. So let me get off that to, to some other thing. We, <laughs> only because the rest of this morning could go that way. And I don't want to preach my time away without getting to the point. But the point being that the church has to get a revelation that they're not praying to God, waiting on God to do something. The church is praying, asking God to do something about the situation. 
and they won't admit it's because they have no revelation that they have the keys. So it's not just any church that the gates of hell won't prevail against. It's the church that has the revelation that they have authority. Yeah. That's the church that is immovable to the devil because he has no authority over them. So they need to get a revelation of the authority they carry. If I bind it, it's bound. Now you say, well, how do you know the church doesn't have it? Because the way people act when storms come through and what they say. I had a lady tell my mama one time after I left on an airplane. And uh, she uh, was in line. No, I hadn't left yet. I was in line. She, she saw me, recognized me. This is many years ago. And I'm getting on a, a, a commercial airline to go preach. And my mom said, and then she happened to know my mom. She said, is that, are y'all, is that Tracy Hesler? Yeah. She said, oh, thank God. <laughs> now I know when I get on this airplane, I'm going to be okay. <laughs> that happens to be all the time. Because the faith is, whoo, praise God, God will do it for him, see. So what happens to tornadoes in Texarkana when I'm out preaching somewhere? Your roof's going to get blown off your house, or are you going to rise up and talk to the thing? Come on, church. Yes. Come on, church. Yes. Come on, church. Yes. Glory to God. But you've got to get revelation of this. That's right. Or you won't be a rock. We'll be always having to counsel you up out of your mental depression. Instead of taking authority over your mind and your thoughts and say, you're not going that way, boy. You may feel down today, but that isn't you. You ain't going that way. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Now, let me read Ephesians 1, and then we'll get to the real message here for the last few minutes we have this morning. Ephesians chapter 1, and I want to start reading around verse, uh, well, I like verse 19. That'll be a good one. We need a revelation, he says, verse 17 and 18, that the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, we may know the hope of his calling and, it's, and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. You get to verse 19, and. So we need a revelation of the exceeding greatness of his power that comes toward us when we believe. The exceeding greatness of his power that comes toward us when we believe. There's exceedingly great power that gets activated and comes toward us when we believe. Yes. Glory to God. And it's according to the working. We can see what level it goes to work. It's according to the working of his mighty power. Yeah. So I'm going to partner with him. Yes. So the power that's working for me is the power that works with him. Yeah. Oh, come on now. Yeah. I'm the church. That's right, I am. I'm not handling my own power, lesser power, weak power, because, you know, uh, he's my Lord. But no, 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 no. The power, the very exact same power yeah. that God worked 
in Christ when he blew the devil back and raised Jesus from the dead? Is it working me when I believe God? Amen. Thank you. Same power that makes me the church and immovable to the devil. If hell couldn't hold him, hell cannot overcome this church. Amen. Glory be to God. So get it. Working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, right? And set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Far above principality, power, might, dominion, and every name. Glory be to God. That means principalities have names. Powers have names. Dominions have names. Might and mighty fortresses have names. But our name is above them all. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And all of those other things, powers, principalities, demons, fortresses, dominions, nations, governors, presidents, lawyers, I don't care who they are, they're far beneath our feet. We are the church. We are from another world. Yes, we are. We are. So they can't tell you in any people group and in any nation you cannot go in and come out alive, whole, and have success. Because there's no demon there that doesn't come under your feet if you're sent in his name. Yes. Yes. So if this church is born of God, it's here to stay. Yes, sir. And I don't care what you think about it. That's right. But if we're playing church, I need to go do something else. Because I'm in for a struggle the rest of my ministerial life. Been there, done that, have the T-shirt. I've been on the tilt of world and gone through cycles. Watch the ups and downs of people I love, people that stay, people that leave, people that betray, people that talk about you behind your back. I'm done with it, and I'm ready to get the kingdom built. Amen. Yes. That's it. And he's forging a weld. Yes. I know it. He told me, and I saw it a few months ago in the night when I dug around in that sink. It was all clogged up in a mess, and it smelled foul. It's because all that flesh and guts and emotions and people trying to play church were down in that clog. And I found it. I pulled a piece out. And it was so interesting to me. There were cubes of ham. I thought that was interesting. And I pulled them out. And like a, it wasn't even a garbage disposal. And I got something. I was like, ooh, what is that? And I thought it was hair. And I thought, oh, nasty. So I, I, and I, I kept pulling and pulling and pulling until it came out. It was about 18 inches long. It's about that big around. And it was rounded on each end. And, and actually a little thinner in the middle. And it bulbed out. Almost like you'd see a bulb in the ground. You know how you got a plant? It's got the bulb in the ground to develop roots so that when you pull on it, it's got resistance. You can't get it out. That's exactly what it was like. And I dug around in there, and I got it. It kept coming, and I kind of was a little slow about it because I didn't want to break it off and leave some in there. And I kept, and and then I heard it go, boop, and it came out. When it did, glory, because I thought I'd gotten it out. And I pushed the water on it, you know, and the water came up and it went in behind the sink and it started flooding the whole kitchen. I said, ah, shut the water off and I dug around some more. We're not through digging around in this, folk. I'm just telling you right now. 
because I've already seen the end from the beginning, and I have got my hands on the taproot of what's been blocking this whole thing up. And if you'll stay with me, it's going to come out by the guts. But I need you to stay on the boat. Yes. Because I'm telling you, this is your, the Lord has done this moment. And I'm, mm. Woo. And it went, boop. And when it came out, suddenly the people came home. The parents came home. Then the kids came home. Then the kids' kids came home. Three generations were impacted by the breakthrough. I mean, suddenly the room just filled up with three generations. And then the Lord spoke to me. I don't have a chance to get to it today because I can't go to Romans 10, but you'll hear it plenty soon enough. But he began to talk to me about, you know, specific. I mean, I'm talking about when I came out of that night vision, I heard him like it was audible, and he quoted the verse to me. And so I, I knew, and then he said to me, this is the key. This is the key to the root of all the issue across the board. I'm dealing with it today. Last Sunday, open the panorama where you can hear it now. If you want to know why I took a, a, a gap from preaching it, it's because there were just some things that needed to happen spiritually to open people's hearts and ears. But an atmosphere has changed. Everything has changed. Glory be to God. But let me, let me get this last piece of the foundation, and then we're going to go to this verse, very, a, a powerful set of verses. We're going to go to this verse to deal with it today, 1 Corinthians 1. So just be prepared to go there. But listen to this now in Ephesians 1. He says, far above principalities, powers, might, dominion, every name that is named, not only in this world, this Ephesians 1, but also in that world which is to come. Glory be to God. A great Greek rendering of that is also in the world which has come to us. Meaning we don't just have authority of what's going on in this realm. From earth we have authority in three worlds. It granted us access to the unseen realm that are the powers behind situations that are causing them to happen, to bind them, to break their power, to cause them to cease and desist in their maneuvers. We can say to the devil in no uncertain terms, stand down in Jesus' name, and they have to obey us. We're the church. Yes, we are. And what I want to say to you about this is, next verse here, Verse 22 and 23, let's read it. He has put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to who? Now, this is the church we're talking about. The church, which is his body. So, who's the church? We are. We are the fullness of him. And until we begin to rise up in fullness and use our authority and function like the church... Instead of like that unsaved person in their sinful condition that's battling with condemnation and depression all their life. But you get a revelation that you were born again. Yeah. That old you died. And the greater one lives in you. You've got the keys to a victorious future. You got everything in you you need to change your whole world. You're not waiting on anybody or anything. It's as close as your heart and your mouth when you get a revelation that you're the church. The gates of hell will not prevail against you. You have the keys. 
Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Glory to God. All right, have you found 1 Corinthians 1? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm pretty sure in my heart because of our time frames that I've self-imposed and um, then, of course, the flow of the way that this is supposed to go today, I won't get to more than this set of verses and Romans chapter 4 uh, over the next just couple of minutes. So I want you to be prepared to go to Romans 4 when it's time, okay? Now, I want you to look at something here because years ago, I... Uh, between my freshman and sophomore year of college, Lori and I married. Lori and I got married between our fall and spring semester of our freshman year in college. And so we were already married, living in married housing, and then there's the summertime. And so we came home for those three months. And uh, fortunately, you know, just relationships and whatever, I'm forever grateful for every little thing that's ever been done. It was significant. I got a summertime job at Cooper Tire. So um, there's a whole thing behind that. But I can remember at the break, and they didn't even know what I was going to school to do. I mean, the guys I was working with, you know, I played high school baseball against, and they knew I played college baseball and yada, yada. So, I mean, that was really our framework, you know. We didn't, but they would see me at lunch. I wouldn't eat lunch with them. I'd take my brown bag, you know, and, and uh, I'd go outside at lunch because it, oh, it was oppressively hot, no AC in there, and the machine's putting off the heat, and it's over 100-something degrees. And, you know, you got rubber all over you from head to toe. And so I'm sitting out there at lunchtime just outside in the sunshine where it's a little bit cooler, and I'm eating my sandwich. And I remember in those days I had a little red packet. It opened like this. I still have it. It's about the size of a business card, and it's like a wallet that folded, but it was red and it was plastic and two windows on the side, just like a wallet would be where you put cards in, right? And inside was a set of cards, and they were, and on each side of those cards was a scripture. And I got it from Victory Church um, in uh, Tulsa from Billy Joe, Billy Joe and Sharon Doherty. And they had those printed up, and they gave them to all their people, and for a long time they were available. And so I had that, and, I, and it was like you could put it in your pocket. And I can still remember taking those cards, and, and I would just sit out there, and I'd just take that card like a memory card, like a flash card, and I'd just, all of those scriptures in there, there was a scripture on each side of that card, and I'd just take it, and I'd read my Bible. I had a little bit of New Testament I could take with me in that lunch bag, because it was about like that. It's the first, one, first Bible Lori ever gave me. And uh, she gave it to me, I think, right before we got married or something, I, I think. And still have it, the inscription in there, that little left-handed writing, you know, the hearts and all that good stuff, you know. Because I don't read it much anymore because it's a full King James Version Bible, and it's about like this. But I have notes all in that thing, of course. So I had that Bible, and I had those cards, and, you know, I didn't want to carry anything bulky and heavy to work anyway. So I'm sitting out there at break, and I'm going over those cards. And one of the verses, though there's so many verses to this day that I can just rattle off, just came from those cards. And then so much time in the Word, because I found in the Old Testament, in the book of Deuteronomy, where God commanded the king to write for himself a copy of the law. And I found that out. So as a freshman in college, uh, this fall semester, I was playing baseball before we got married. I began to read the New Testament and I had a, a spiral notebook, and I'd read it, and I'd write, I'd write the Bible out in the spiral notebook off the Bible. 
when I found that, I realized, because the Lord spoke to me when I saw it. And he said, how's the king going to rule the people? And he's supposed to rule them in accordance with the book that he's never read. And he said, to, to, here's the way I ensured for the king to have the word on his heart. He had to write his own copy out of the copy. So you longhand write the Bible out, your own Bible, you're going to know what's in there. I'm talking about that's a whole different level of study. And so to this day, what happened all those years ago just come up out of my spirit. Now, one of the verses is the one we're going to read right here. I knew this verse for years. I'm talking about even decades. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, because it was on those cards. And it says, but of him are you in Christ. Now, it's King Jamesy. I get it. But of him are you in Christ Jesus, 1 Corinthians 1, 30. But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Say that with me. This is King James. Well, you're getting to read it, cheater. <laughs> All right, so let's just read it together. Are you ready? But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God. So the him is God. Yes, sir. And God did this, right? So it is by God that you're in Christ. So God's the one put you in Christ. That's right. Yes, sir. That's right. You see that? But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us. So now, whoa, 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 whoa. So God put you in Jesus. So in Jesus, you could be made something. Yes. I remember this on one of those breaks of Cooper Tire. Man, I, I, I went through this. And so I'm telling you, this was the this, this scripture. And it came alive in me then to the level that I knew. But here's the thing. I didn't know what I didn't know. Does that make sense? So I got, most of what I'm telling you here, I got way back there. And so basically he said, are you in Christ Jesus who God has made into us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption for years, for the first half of our ministry probably. I would quote this verse, and I would say, Jesus has made four things to us. God put us in Christ, and he made, us, he made Jesus unto us wisdom. And I'd preach about wisdom. He made him wisdom to me, you know. And there's a truth there, but it's King Jamesy. It gets lost. It gets lost in the Greek. It gets lost in translation. It's not in a way where we can understand exactly what this Scripture is saying, and that's the point I want to say. But, but right now, for, for the moment... But of God, but of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So for many, many years I preached that when I'm in Christ, he was made these four things to me. But that is not what Paul said. It's not what the Greek says. And you can't quite get it in the King James just reading it unless you meditate it. Now, if you meditate it, no matter what version it's in, you can get Revelation. So the revelation I'm going to give you came out of the King James, but because I was meditating this verse. And it came off the page in context. Now I'm about to show you what it actually says. I want you to, if you would, uh, bring this up in the Amplified Classic. Look at this now. This is huge. Now I'm going to talk to you about the master key of miraculous change, instant change of overcoming the power of the enemy in every area of your life. This is the kingdom key. You know, wisdom is a principal thing. You do understand that. 
that Solomon, the, the wealth was in the wisdom. Are you with me? So is wisdom the principal thing? With all getting, should we get wisdom and understanding? All right, so wisdom is the key. But you're going to see wisdom is going to reveal the key. <clears throat> Whew, are you ready? But it is from him, capital H, from God, that you have your life in Christ. We can say it plural today, all of us. We have our lives in Christ. God did this. Amen? Amen. Whom God made our wisdom from God. That's exactly what the Greek reads. God made Jesus wisdom to us. Yes. So what Jesus did in his death, burial, and resurrection, the plan he enacted, what he carried out was the hidden wisdom that the princes of this world did not know that God knew. And when Jesus came, we saw what Jesus did being the wisdom plan carried out. This is God's wisdom plan that will bring the devil's works to nothing. This wisdom plan stripped the keys from the devil. This wisdom plan blew the devil's back in the corridors of hell itself and raised Jesus from the dead. This key is the scepter of the kingdom. And had Satan known what he was doing, he'd have never done it. Right. It says this, but it is from him that you have your life in Christ Jesus, whom God made, that is Jesus, whom God made our wisdom from God. That is, look, he revealed to us a knowledge of the divine plan of salvation previously hidden, manifesting itself to us as righteousness. Yes. Did you get it? So Jesus wasn't made four things to us. Jesus wasn't made wisdom and righteousness. No, no, no. Jesus was made wisdom to us, and it manifested when we were declared righteous. Had the devil known That when he took Jesus to hell, it was like a Trojan horse. And he did not know what he was doing. Because had he known by killing Jesus and taking him to hell, he was going to make us righteous, therefore losing all authority in our lives. He would have never done it. This plan was hidden from him. So that means you and I getting a revelation that we are the righteousness of God in Christ is walking in the highest level of manifest wisdom from God that exists. The day I get a revelation that I'm righteous is the day Satan will forever lose all ability to stop anything in my life I plan to do. He has no weapon that will succeed. He has no ability to hold me from obeying God any more than he had power to hold Jesus in hell itself. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. 
And he fights this revelation more than any other revelation because it was his demise. It was the death blow to crush his head, stripped his keys. So when I stand up against him and say, no, devil, I bind you. You can't touch me. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Oh, God, I hate that. So he'll fight this message, and he'll fight this message, and he'll fight this message because you can be made righteous and not know it. Therefore, he gets away with theft. He steals your stuff that you didn't even know he shouldn't have gotten access to. He had no right to it. But because you operate and I operate by feelings and emotions and actions, we felt like, well, I did that. Well, I guess I just... And we just lay down because of how we feel about ourselves. Now, this revelation is key. And why is it key? Because of verse 29 above it, verse 31 after it. Now, the context is huge, and we'll have some other time to get deeper into the context, okay? But I just want to deal with this today to open up the door. Look at verse 29. That no flesh, no mortal man should have, let's go back to King James, that no flesh, say flesh. flesh. Say it again. Flesh. Should glory in his presence. Now, I want you to understand this is verse 30. It's the verse immediately above, I'm verse 29, excuse me. It's the verse, I'm hurrying, I just need to hush for a second, just take a deep breath. Because I'd rather do a lot less and you get it than rush through it and you miss it. This is the verse above verse 30. Verse 30 is written because of this verse. So if you want victory over the flesh, a revelation of righteousness will give it to you. If you want access into the glory, if you want to experience his presence, a revelation of righteousness is what will give it to you. Because the entire context is that the wisdom of God, foolishness of God, is wiser than men. He said, not many wise things, not many noble things has God chosen. Yea, God's chosen the base things to confound those that are mighty. The foolish things to confound the wise. People do not even understand these verses. And the things which are not to bring to naught things that are. That's King James. I don't even understand what that means. That means in time past, we were not a people. We're born again now. We're a new people. We're recreated. But in time past, we were not a people. But now we're the people of God. So what was there? Satan was ruling the planet. So he took those things which were not, nothing. We were nothing. Made a new people to bring to naught, to, to bring to nothing what was ruling the day. So we were not. Satan was something. Jesus died and carried out this plan. We were something. Satan was nothing. He flipped it on a dime. We exist on purpose to bring his works to nothing. And the whole context of 1 Corinthians 1 tells us that pride gets fixed 
when you realize the height of wisdom is I wasn't right, couldn't be right, I had to be made right. So it destroys the pride of man. A revelation of righteousness will kill your way of doing stuff because you won't do it based on what you think, how you feel, your, your education, or the circumstances, or sensory information. You'll do it based upon revelation. But it won't just kill the pride. It will also kill the condemnation. It'll take you up out of that false pride. I'm nothing. I'm an only worthy worm. You don't know it, but in all of that, what you think is humble is full of pride. Because you're operating about how you feel about yourself, what you think about yourself, what your emotions are going through, what others' opinions are of you, and the next thing you know, you're all self-absorbed, all self. So condemnation is pride in a different manifestation. And a revelation of righteousness crushes it from the high to the low. And give you an identity that you cannot get from any other source than revelation. But the day you get revelation knowledge, that you're built on a rock, and it's right, and you're right, and the devil's wrong, and he hadn't have a business sniffing around my fence. Something, I know I did that. That was just, that wasn't it. I don't know what's going on, but I like it. That's right. Amen. Because every time I have ever preached along these lines, there's never been a time that I didn't have manifestation. I remember one time I was doing a home meeting, and I went in there, a whole group of Baptists got filled with the Holy Ghost, didn't have a clue what they had. And I went there to teach them about spiritual things and the righteousness of God in Christ. And I took authority over evil spirits. And there was a glass cabinet to my right. My wife can tell that, can attest this. But I'm telling you by the Holy Ghost, is that me? What am I doing? Besides the exciting thing. Hey, act right. Look at your neighbor and say, it's going to be all right. Glory to God. If he can't sniff on my fence, he ain't sniffing on this microphone. Stop it. Quit messing with me. I said stop it. Well, glory to God. Catch this. <laughs> Righteousness has authority to get me a mic that'll act right. I'm telling you, it'll make everything right. You know that little commercial, don't never let them see you sweat? Righteousness will do that for you in every situation. I'm telling you, you find out who you are. He stands up big inside of you. You know no weapon formed against you will ever prosper again. Glory be to God. This was the hidden wisdom plan of God. Oh, glory to 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 God. Now, I was looking in the spirit and trying to judge it by the self-imposed time restriction. I said Romans 4, but I need to go there and read one scripture. And I need to counter it with Isaiah 61 to close today. So just put your finger in both places. 
Romans chapter 4, verse 25, I want you to look at this. This is huge. Because we're going to be visiting this in the future in a big, big way. It says this, Jesus was delivered up. Well, no, let me back up a little bit here. Let me say this phrase before we get there. All right? Romans chapter 4, which is what we're reading. This is the last verse in that chapter. Verse number 1. How many of you know that God made a blood covenant with Abraham? And he's the father of our faith. And it says in Romans 4, 1, What then shall we say Abraham our father as pertaining to the flesh has found? So when you get this revelation, it will affect everything about your flesh. And take your dead flesh and empower it to fulfill a promise that's impossible. You want authority over the flesh, you get a revelation that you're righteous and start living from the inside out and your flesh will do whatever you tell it. Because you're not here to submit to it. It's here to carry you where you're supposed to go. This revelation that Abraham found took his 100-year-old body and Sarah's 90-year-old body, made them fertile and had a kid. That's what he found. So whatever we're going to read in Romans 4, when Abraham found it, it's what made his body get resurrected from the dead. Now, when you read that, that says something to us. What did he find? Don't you want to know? Well, you can read it right there. But since we're not reading the Bible together today, let me give you a key. Let's just start in verse 21. Being fully persuaded that what God had promised, God was able to perform to Abraham. Therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. That's what he found. When he got the revelation that when he believed what God said over him and beyond his body and his senses, he became right because God's right about it no matter how you feel about it. And it empowered his body to produce what God told it to produce. And here's the other beautiful statement. Therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. Verse 23. But it wasn't written for his sake alone. Whoa! Whoa! I'm stepping high now. He's not the only one can have this. Wasn't written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but us also, to whom the same thing's going to happen if we believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. Glory to God. Woo! That right there ties my righteousness to his resurrection. This was God's hidden plan. This was the great wisdom that God manifested. He knocked the devil in the head, took his keys, and the devil didn't know what hit him. And when the church saw it, they became something. Glory to God. Are you with me now? So look at verse 25. This is huge. So Jesus was delivered up for our offenses, but raised again for our justification. What does that mean? 
Well, it means this. This is huge. I'm not over there with you, but let me just turn with you for a moment. I'm going to put a little tab right here in 1 Corinthians 1. And I want you to listen to what it says. Oh, Romans is back the other way. Excuse me. <laughs> now listen to what it says here. This is huge. This is Young's literal translation. Jesus, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised up because of our being declared righteous. I submit to you the church wasn't born on the day of Pentecost. I submit to you the church was born on resurrection day. Because we were raised up together with him. Seated together with him in heavenly places. We were given a name. Now the Holy Ghost came on us because we're righteous. Holy Ghost coming on us didn't make us righteous. Holy Ghost came on us because we were made righteous. Now, because I'm righteous, I have full access to the resurrection power of God that made Jesus who he is. It'll make me what I am, and it'll go to work on my death doom body. This is huge. That means he couldn't come out of that ground till I was made righteous. And the fact that he came out of that ground is forever proof in three worlds for eternity that God's hidden plan worked. The devil didn't know it, but had the devil known that him killing Jesus made me righteous, that righteousness from God would be imparted to me, that I would forever be given a right to bind him, to crush him, to cast him out, to take territory that he thought was his because I have more right to it because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He's given it to the children of men and I'm a man and he's a fallen angel. Satan, get, get off my mind. Get off my body. Get out of my family. Get off my finances. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I too am a child of God. I too am a son of God. Glory to God. Y'all might as well stand on your feet and stay up because you ain't sitting back down anyway. Bring that one back up here. Glory to God. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I have the scepter of the kingdom and the name that has command authority in three worlds. It was given to me while I'm on the earth. It's mine to use, and I'm built on a rock, and the gates of hell shall never again prevail in my life. That means my kids don't belong to the devil. My grandkids don't belong to the devil. My health doesn't belong to the devil. My money doesn't belong to the devil. My business doesn't belong to the devil. Jesus is my Lord, and the righteous King of kings has made me a righteous son of God. I've got a breastplate on. It protects all my vital organs. It's called the breastplate of righteousness. 
and it is the truth is held in place by the girdle of God's own word. And that, that word, that belt attached to that plate holds my sword at the ready and steady. And the fruit of that righteousness is peace and undisturbed composure. And my feet are shod with it like cleats on the high ground. You can't move me. I'm dug in. I got a right to this. This church has a right to this. This church has been granted authority of right and rule to absolutely and completely control with no exceptions the spiritual climate of this whole city. We moved an interstate. We got property in our hands they said we would never get. That the good old boys have controlled for decades. We got a good old boy on our side. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Say it, devil. Your days are done. Now, I'm telling you about the Holy Ghost. This is the linchpin. Now, the reason that I want, you, I want you to go to Isaiah 61, and therefore, on the way, I want to read a statement to you because I think it'll just go off in you. That's why I'm having you stand up. It's shouting time. It's rapture time. It's responding time. It's whatever time. But glory to God. Do you believe Jesus was raised from the dead? Then you are already the righteousness of God in Christ. Not another thing has to be done by God or you. And the devil can't do nothing about it. It is finished. I'm right with God, and he don't have anything to say about it. Glory to God. That means a lying symptom, like a symptom in your body, can never make you feel condemned. Because it is a lying symptom in a human body that's temporary. And we don't rise or fall with our biblical success based upon whether we have a jo achy joint or not. That has nothing to do with my righteousness. But my righteousness will fix that achy joint. I'm not going to put up with a flat tire on my car. So I'm not going to put up with other wheels that don't work. And neither is that woman right there. Well, I think she had surgery. What about that? She just went to get some air in her tire. I mean, if you're going to have a judgment about that, then you get a flat tire out here and believe God to blow it up. See how that works for you. I mean, that's a procedure. So get it straight. 
we just blew some air back in that tire. And it's going to run better than it's ever run. It's just being recreated today because that ankle is being made right. Because last time I checked, last time I checked, the name of Jesus has new feet and ankles in it. According to Acts chapter 3, the name of Jesus has new ankles and feet. And it's got a new you and it's got a new me and I've got every right to it and I expect it to begin to be accelerated because I bind the curse and I loose resurrection power into the situation. Glory to God. I don't know what you came to do, <laughs> but I came to praise the Lord. Now, y'all doing pretty good having church. After all these years, y'all learning. So I don't have to have much church by myself anymore, and I like that better. But I'm letting you know I'm on the edge of having a Holy Ghost spizzerinctum and a whoop doozy and having church all by myself, getting beside myself. I am telling you, there ain't nothing, there ain't nothing, there ain't nothing I see, nothing I've experienced, nothing I will experience, nothing in three worlds that is not already far, 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 far beneath my feet. I am guaranteed victory in this situation. If the devil was going to stop me, he should have helped held Jesus in the ground. But seeing as how, he couldn't hold the head of the church in the ground. He can't hold the body of the church in the ground. Oh, no. Glory be to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, glory to God. I, I, now, hey, hey, I've seen TDJs. Get, 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 get ready. And I'm going to do an imitation on you because when they jump up and go to screaming and all, he just keeps preaching harder. I'm looking for the unhook button. I've circled around it twice. I, I have it in sight. <laughs> uh, but you see, when we got into Thanksgiving, we were already in a place I didn't want to unhook from. It's just gotten better from there. The presence and the glory and the help. Whether you know it or not, things are lifting off of your life at this very moment. I think it was Wednesday night that I told the young UPS driver that the Lord, I was walking away from the truck and I didn't get three or four steps. God dealt me. He spoke to me three times about it. And it wasn't, I was resisting it. I just, I said, well, Lord, you know, like everybody does and can do. I said, okay, fine. I turned around, caught him before he left, knocked on the truck. He's about to pull out. That young man prayed for him. He said he didn't get several blocks down the road. When I walked away from the truck, he began to weep uncontrollably. He said, I got a few blocks down the road. And he came and delivered another package, by the way. Told me what day he was going to be here. I mean, a lot of folks say, well, I might come see you sometime. Not this, not this young man. He's got a date with destiny. Power of God touched his life. It's just phenomenal. He got a few blocks down the road. He said, I, I was weeping uncontrollably. And then he said, I turned the corner and boop, everything that was on me just lifted. Right now, whether you know it or not, that's exactly what's happening to you. Some of you started in Thanksgiving. And he is forging in you a weld that can never again be broken in the end times. 
Hollywood only thinks they can make a movie called Unbreakable. We're the real Unbreakables. We're the real Untouchables. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Have you found Isaiah 61? I'm not opening there just yet, I'm, but I'm real close. I'm scaring it. I'm so close to it, I'm, I'm, I'm making it think I'm going to read it at any minute. <laughs> but Mama used to have to call me in. We had a big old bell out there. Boy, I'd be out there fishing, and if they were biting, I didn't care about supper. It'd be dark. I'm in my teens, young teens, couldn't drive. Took off with my fishing pole. Oh, <laughs> uh, Yeah. I'm in the woods. Found me some ponds deep in the woods. Had deep woods off on. You know what I'm talking about? Catching fish. Got them on a stringer. Yes, ma'am. And my grandpa had a bell. I'm talking about, huh? You can put it up beside the Liberty Bell and Liberty Bell go, hey, that's my little brother. Hey. And she'd come out there, and it took all her little whatever it was, 120 pounds, to push that thing. I mean, it's so heavy. I mean, the, 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 the ringer on it is that big around and all metal, and the bell's that thick, and it's probably that tall, and then the stand is... Anyway, <laughs> but she'd get it going, you know, and, 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 and she'd push it. She couldn't ring it at first. She'd push it, and it'd go about two inches, and then she'd pull it, push it. Finally, it, its own weight would start carrying it. And when it finally got up, when that clinger hit the side... It didn't stop anytime soon, especially she gave it a little nudge. Bong! Bong! And I mean, it'd go through the woods, man. And that was supper's on, and it's dark, and you in the woods, come on, boy, now. Because I was notorious for being at the river still skipping rocks. <laughs> you know, so I'm going to skip one across 1 Corinthians 1 one more time on the way to Isaiah 61. I just want you to hear this one. <laughs> Said all that to say this. I'm happy. Don't hold it against me. I'm having church all by myself right now. 1 Corinthians 1.30, Weymouth's translation. Weymouth, we, well, they may have it up there. I don't know. You got it now. I'm about to read it to you. 1 Corinthians 1.30, Weymouth's translation. But you, that's the way it reads, but you, dash. And it's all God's doing. <clears throat> Say, but you. but you. And it's all God's doing. Are in Christ Jesus. He has become for us a wisdom, which is from God, consisting of Righteousness. Righteousness. Sanctification. Sanctification. And redemption. What wisdom did is a threefold manifestation. It made me righteous. When I became righteous, boom, I was translated from the authority of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. So far separate from the devil, no weapon formed against me would ever prosper again. And therefore it sanctified me. What does that mean? That mean we're set apart. So when I was declared righteous, boom, I was literally by God himself set apart from the devil ever being able to touch me again. 
So righteousness produced, set apart from the curse, which produced redemption. And redemption is I'm bought back. I'm delivered out of the possession and the hands of the one that had held me. It's called deliverance. I was made righteous. It set me apart from the devil ever having any claim on me ever again. And I got completely delivered in earth from everything he had ever done to me. The day Jesus rose from the dead. And if it's on me now, it's squatting. And I have the right to get it off. In 1 Corinthians 1.30, this is the last little rock skip on this verse. Vincent's translation says, the wisdom from God manifests itself as righteousness. So if you want to walk in wisdom, your first step through the wisdom door is you've got to get a revelation. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. That was the wisdom of God in manifestation. And it broke the devil's back forever. So when you're walking by sight, you're not walking in wisdom. When you're walking by feelings and emotions, you're not walking in wisdom. When you're walking by faith. The righteous one should live by faith. Now you're walking in the high wisdom. You know something people can't see with their eyes. All right, Isaiah 61. How many of you know it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. Who's me? Jesus. Is this Isaiah saying it? Is he prophesying about who? My question is, who did God put you in Christ? Are you the body of Christ? So now you need to say, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me. I'm anointed. I have something on me from another world that's going to break every yoke of the devil. It's called the Holy Ghost. But what I want to connect it to is, as I give you the exit strategy here, is this chapter and verse was broken out by translators. I want you to back up into chapter 60, only two verses. And I want you to look at the next to last verse and the last verse of chapter 60 coming into 61.1. It says, Thy people also shall be all righteous. All of your people, God, shall be righteous. Therefore, they shall inherit the land forever. They will be the branch of your planting. They will be the work of your hands that you may be glorified. Me being made righteous glorified him. Next verse, here's what happens to you. Your people also, a little one, shall become a thousand. You want to get this supernatural increase released? Get a revelation that you're righteous. You got a right to increase, which is not held down by natural time, laws, or other people's decisions. The little one will become a thousand, and a small one, a strong nation, I, the Lord, will accelerate it. 
I will overcome the time it takes to do it. For the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me because we are all righteous. Put both hands on your chest right now. Say this out loud. I'm part of a kingdom which shall have no end. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The spirit of the world, the rudimental spirits that drive this world's age and the traditions of men, including the Antichrist demon and the Antichrist himself. They have no, absolutely no authority over my life. I have already overcome them because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I am a child of God. sanctified and set apart redeemed and delivered because I am manifested wisdom anybody that looks at me glorifies God I'm his work I'm his planting because from head to toe spirit, soul and body every day since the day I believe Jesus rose from the dead. I am and forever will be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And the devil and the world and circumstances will never, never ever, for a thousand millennia, they will never change that I am forever the righteousness of God. Glory be to God. They are all righteous. They are all righteous. You are all righteous. So even the fragments will become a thousand. Even the folks that seem to have a small lot in life can take a nation. There's more with you than there are against you. Rise up on the inside and see how big you are. Jesus is king and he roars in your heart. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Take that, devil. Take that, devil. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Cool. Cool. Get out of it. Get a hold of those roots right now. Start pulling them. Condemnation. Say it. You're coming out of me. By the root. It's not who I am. I'm righteous. Depression. You're coming off of me.
me. Coming out of me. By the root. Say loneliness. Fear. Shame. Guilt. Regret and remorse. Any thread of grief and sorrow. Any manifestation of the law of sin and death. You don't belong in this righteous body. You don't belong in this righteous mind. You don't belong in this righteous vessel. You're coming out in the name of Jesus. You're coming out of me. You're coming off my life by the root. Pick yourself up and you go into the sea now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Learning disorders coming off your family line. Attention deficit disorders, I arrest it now. ADD, ADHD, I'm telling you in the name of Jesus, bipolar, schizophrenia, manic depression, I break your power. You're coming off of God's people. We have the mind of Christ. We have the conformed, we have the renewed, transformed mind. We're not going back there. We're never going back there. I'll never be broken or broke another day in my life. Maybe the song I was picking up that Krista had was the song of the redeemed. You know, when you're redeemed, you get a new song. So it's time for you to start singing a new one. And if she'll just hold it, we'll probably just keep it on tap because we're going, we need to crank that up. I saw it in the spirit. I think God's going to talk to you between now and probably next Sunday. Just get yourself ready. Glory be to God. 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 I'm not where I used to be. And thank God I'm not where I'm going to be. I'm not staying here. Everything's subject to change. It's turning on a dime. It's turning on a dime. It's turning on a dime. Well, I messed up the bedroom so bad. It's going to take y'all all afternoon to clean it back up, but that's okay. Today, church looks like when all of our grandkids get in one room and pull out every toy. <laughs> then they eat. Hi, bye, Lily and Pop, and they're gone. No, our kids are better than that. <laughs> they really are. And thank you, kids, for doing that. I do appreciate you having put that back up. That's... But I'm telling you right now, I ain't standing around to put this back together. Y'all on your own. Uh, we threw it against the wall. We poured it out on the carpet. We blasted it to the ceiling. And I hope, I hope like sprayed insulation, we put it all inside of you. You are wall to wall righteousness insulated against the curse. Rise up in that name and do something about it. You're the church of the living God. Things have changed. As I dismiss you and bless you today, I say to you, it's time for your impossible, miraculous, Jesus.
Jesus did this moment. Expect it this week. The seed of beginnings can be seen by those that will have eyes to see it. We love you. God bless you. What a day in my heart. Thank you for being the kind of people that every once in a while when the preacher gets some preach on him, he actually gets to preach. And if the Methodists ever call me up with a retirement plan and say, why didn't you become a Methodist? I'm going to say, watch this service and see how the people react and then look how your people are reacting. And you'll know why I don't preach in a Methodist church. You're alive, like Jesus is alive. That you believe something. Glory to God. <laughs> You're not like the man on the front row that used to sit behind that bench on the front row and take his fingernail clippers out at 11:50 and start clipping his fingernails. Seducing spirit, telling the preacher to quit preaching. Thank y'all for not being like that. If you don't go home, we can't have revival when you come back. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming soon.